Welcome to Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids, a podcast that steps into alternative education, parenting, and living a funner, fuller family life. I'm Robin, home educator, unschooling mom to two funny, eclectic kids, and we're here to create a space for families to listen, connect, learn from others, and be inspired. Join us every two weeks to hear interviews and tips from experts in learning, education, and parenting, and stories from families that are playing full out in the arena of life and education. World schooling, unschooling, alternative schooling, homeschooling, or just creating a whole new style of learning. Welcome to Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids. My name is Robin Robertson, and I'm the creator and founder of this podcast, as well as an unschooling parent to two kids who are now teens. And we've been on this home learning journey for nine years and counting. So this is a special episode for you this week because I'm just coming off of a couple of months of planning and and work to create what happened this past Friday for me, my co-creator and I of How to Be an Awesome Homeschooler Summit. We ran our summit this past Friday. It's Kelly Edwards. She's my co-creator with this, with How to Be an Awesome Homeschooler Summit. And we had a fantastic day. And so I just want to give a shout out to everyone that attended, that participated, that supported from our sponsors to ambassadors to attendees to our keynotes. Um, so this episode that you're listening to is actually a special from that summit. If you already attended the summit, well, this is a wonderful bonus. You get to hear this interview again. Um, but if you miss the summit, don't worry. We actually have the recordings available. And so if you go to the website, How to Be an Awesome Homeschooler, we have the full day's recordings plus some extra special things <laughs> with this one all-access ticket. So we're also having a class dismiss screening party, watch party on Thursday, which is March the 24th, and then you still have access to the wonderful swag bag, digital swag bag that has a ton of resources and freebies for you too. So if you go to the website, How to Be an Awesome Homeschooler, that all access pass is only $25. So you get the full day recordings, digital swag bag, and the watch party, plus whatever other extras we're throwing in. So enjoy, DM me if you have any questions. But the day, this episode is our closing out for the day, and it's my interview with Leah McDermott of Your Natural Learner. So the summit is based on our three R's of learning, which are reclaim, resist, and resilience. And during that day, we opened with Ainsley Arment of Wild and Free, and she spoke so eloquently to reclaim, reclaiming childhood. And you know, Ainsley, if you've heard Ainsley or know Ainsley, you know she brought the power and the calm, the way that she is, and the honesty about reclaiming childhood and how we can can better connect with that. Then we had Kelly Edwards and I speak to reclaiming the teen years and how so many times we focus on the younger years, but the teen years are just as important because like actually the toddler years, they those are those two times, the teen years and toddler years, when our children have gone through massive growth physically, mentally, and in so many other ways and are so much more capable and they're really searching for more independence. So how can we support independence, the cycle of independence in the teen years? And then we had Karen Ricks speak to resist. And Karen was so, like everybody brought their unique gifts to this summit. And Karen is a Montessori trained educator, turned world, world schooler and unschooler and chef. And she talked about play with your food as a form of resistance. And I mean, 
Like she had it in her keynote and workshop as well after. But she brought it as such a powerful metaphor and a way for us to look at life, learning, and our children and ourselves. And she introduced the idea and palette, the idea of the palate and the differences in each food and where they come from, the nuances in taste and texture and combinations, and how if we and our and color and you know and really it was a beautiful way to bring out the different ways that we can honor the individual learner. It was fantastic. And then we had Karima Akila of the Genius School speaking to resist and speaking to resisting the control or the power of so many times us falling into our inauthenticity and how that affects our home learning journey and how we can resist the doubts and fears that come at us and really reflect and change change it into something that we can move forward and empower ourselves with. Uh, And she obviously spoke to her own experience as an unschooling parent to six kids who homeschooled from the beginning and was like strict. And she even she even had homeschool uniforms, everyone. She speaks so honestly to that. And the raw vulnerability that she brings was amazing. And how she became a single mom to six and how unschooling was really a gateway for her. It was a way for her to really and her kids to be so much freer. And then we had Leah McDermott give the work, the keynote on um, resilience. And that was amazing because she really talked about being resilient when we bring it all together. We're reclaiming, we resist, then we have others because we resist, others who resist us and our choices, and then how we can be resilient in that, trusting our children, honoring our own de-schooling process, and protecting our boundaries. It was a great conversation, and then we ended it with what you get to listen to now, podcast episode, a live recording between Leah and myself. I know you'll love it. I love the day. Um, and let me know what you think. Remember, the recordings are still available on the website. They'll be available for this week, the week of the 20th, of March 20th. So go to howtobeanawesomehomeschooler.com if you want to listen to all of those amazing keynotes and workshops and the conversations and the questions that were asked and also receive the wonderful gifts in the digital swag bag, uh, the, the wonderful donations from parents and companies and sponsors and then be part of our watch party for the fun class dismissed. Bring your family to that or, or do it on your own. And that will be Thursday, March 24th. So thank you, everyone, for taking part. I just want to let you know when this begins, it's actually audio stories that we share at the beginning of each session. Uh, It's parents that sent in their personal stories and their children's stories or their home learning stories on Reclaim, Resist, Resilience. So because this was Leah's live interview with me and the theme was resilience, these are our audio shares on parents speaking to the theme of resilience in their own lives and what that has looked like. So enjoy the episode. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Hello, my name is Missy and you can find me on social media at Let Them Go Barefoot. So I want to talk about the word resilience and what that has meant for us on our unschooling journey. First, when I hear the word resilience, I think about things like emotional intelligence, critical thinking, problem solving, and resourcefulness. I'm also reminded of one very important reason that we decided to skip the typical schooling model over 14 years ago, which is so we could prioritize psychological health and overall well-being instead of centering school life that tends to focus so heavily on grades and test scores. 
Since life is filled with stressors, challenges, and even tragedy, whether we choose to homeschool or not, building skills and learning strategies to foster a resilient mind is is as important to me as helping my children learn to read and write. Unschooling has allowed us the time and space to do this with intention and consistency. I'm Samaya, founder of Let's Educate Kids. I'm a qualified primary school teacher turned homeschooling mother of two. And now I help mothers to understand de-schooling and homeschooling and offer offer topic-based sessions online for kids ages 7 to 10 or 11-year-olds. I hope to talk about my experience resilience. My personal journey had a lot of all the three R's. When I decided to home-educate my children, I needed the resilience to not give up. I had many doubts at the beginning, but I was a teacher, so I was fine, right? Well, no. Home education is not the same as school at home, and that was what I had to overcome. In fact, resist the temptation of having my teacher's hat on. So I had to continue to resist the urges and become resilient and confident in my choices for myself and for my children. That was the beginning of my journey, and this could be the beginning of yours. Hi, I'm Jamie from Around the World Homeschool. I heard a saying at a Charlotte Mason book club recently, I'm not raising my kids in a bubble. I'm raising them in a greenhouse. Wow, that made me pause. We homeschoolers have the opportunity to help our kids grow in the area of resilience under our care. In my homeschool, we learn about the stories of resilience through reading biographies of people from diverse countries and cultures throughout history. My husband and I also model real life problem solving and invite them to participate in challenging projects or situations with us. We have family adventures such as learning how to ice skate or accomplishing a big hike together. With a strong family structure and faith rooted in Jesus, I know my kids will be resilient when they leave this greenhouse and face the storms out there. Again, this is Jamie from Around the World Homeschool. Thanks for listening. Hi there, my name is Jen, and I'm unschooling my two kids, Walt and Charlotte, who are five and a half and seven and a half, while I try and run my online business that sells homeschooling supplies and all-natural craft supplies called Maple Rose. Um, And I broke my ankle at the end of January, and my big lesson has been one of resilience, I'd have to say, where... I don't have a lot of energy and I also cannot move around. So it's really been wonderful to watch things unfold with the kids as they come to me asking me to help them solve a problem or read a book or I've I've become the resource for them and not necessarily the instigator of our lessons. And so... I've learned to trust them so much and understand deeply that they will come to me with the lessons that they want to learn. It's been really great. All right. Oops, sorry. That's fantastic. I think it actually um, resonates really well as well that Jen was the last to share on that audio too as we begin this last segment of Resilience. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to this room, Leah, Kelly, and Tyra. Kelly, I'm going to hand it over to you to do the introductions. I think that's how we're going to do it. And then Leah and I are going to get into a conversation, which as well, we continue to invite you to be part of this conversation. So please raise your hand, ask questions. This will be the recorded 
podcast section. So this will be on my podcast, Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids. It will be the only section of the summit that will be available on the podcast, but you can still get all of the recordings for the summit uh, through the Green All Access Pass on the website. Uh, So Kelly, I'm going to hand it over to you. Okay, thank you. Hello and welcome everyone to the final installment of the How to Be an Awesome Homeschooler Summit. This is the last session and it's resilience in the three R's of learning. My name is Kelly Edwards and I am the co-founder of this event as well as the creator of the 90-Minute School Day. I'm joined by my lovely partner in this summit, Robin of Robin Robertson of the podcast, Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids. Also up here joining us is Tyra Hunter, an unschooling mom of a grown unschooler. And then we have Leah McDermott, the lady of this podcast. She has been throwing down all sorts of wisdom in our last keynote. And so I'm, I personally, as well as everyone here in the live listening audience, is looking forward to this upcoming podcast. I want to recognize and thank the wonderful attendees you see with the summit frame around their picture. They've been critical to the success of this event and are either ambassadors, speakers, sponsors, or co-hosts. Everyone, please take your finger and pull down on your screens. This is called Pull to Refresh or PTR. Do this often as you listen. It helps keep you appraised of who else is in the room who else is speaking, and the links up to date. This session, as well as the entire summit, will be recorded and shared with full access pass attendees. The giveaways in each session, including this one, are also drawn from our full access pass holders. If your current registration is a free pass holder, you may upgrade your ticket at any time by using howtobeanawesomehomeschooler.com. See to the top of this screen, pull to refresh. This room and the summit is to encourage, equip, and educate parents who are either already homeschooling or unschooling or considering educating their children at home. We operate best with audience participation and welcome you to the homeschool community here on Clubhouse. Stay connected with us by clicking the green Monopoly house at the top of the screen and follow our club to enjoy future content like this. Please note in the group chat or on the stage, when you're sharing your challenges, be mindful of others. This is a safe space, and we want to be considerate of everyone's sensitivity levels, belief systems, and backgrounds. This is going to be a great podcast. We're going to have some time, I believe, um, at the end if we uh, for questions and answers, so keep that in mind. One last housekeeping note. If you're hesitant to join the stage, please submit your questions via the, the room chat, or you can privately back chat Tyra Hunter, who will be collecting questions. At this time, I'd like to recognize our podcast for this session, Maple Rose. So if you can please pull to refresh, the link for Maple Rose should be appearing at the top of the screen. This summit, this summit stays affordable because of the generous support of our sponsors. The sponsor for this is Maple Rose, and the owner of Maple Rose was speaking in the last uh, keynote, Jen. And Maple Rose is an online shop featuring Waldorf-inspired school and craft supplies, 
with mini kits and sets made especially for homeschoolers, including the new Journey Through Seasons Craft Bundle. Sign up for the Maple Rose newsletter to hear all about owner Jen's adventures unschooling her two hooligans, Walt and Charlotte, and receive 10% off your first order. All right, Robin and Leah, the floor is yours. All right. So, um, you know what, actually, I'm just going to, just in case, because this will be the podcast as well, and this will be on the show, I'm going to give a brief introduction for you, Leah. And I think it also will lead into the first question and the first part of the discussion as well. Um, If you've already just joined us from the last room, you will have heard this introduction, but I think part of this is important too. And I'll adjust it for the the time diff- the time change as well. The the years change, Leah. <laughs> you oh know what I'm saying. <laughs> so Leah, of course, first and foremost is a mom. And I think that's something important to recognize because all of us here as we're going about our day, we're living our daily lives, we're home educating, we're running businesses, we're working, you know, we still are moms. And that in itself has you know, different parts of the role that are fundamental and important as well. And Leah, first and foremost, is a mom. She has three rambunctious little boys who love spending every second that they can out in nature. And Leah's story begins as a homeschooled child. Her father was in the military, so her parents began homeschooling her in third grade out of necessity at first, but eventually because of a disappointment and the lack of engaging material found in the classrooms. Like she says, keep in mind, this was over 30 years ago. (laughs) Sadly, not much has changed for the better. Her homeschool days were filled with family activities, independent learning, field trips, and worldwide adventures. She made it into her first choice for college with multiple scholarships. She received her bachelor's in elementary education, followed by a master's of education as a certified reading specialist, followed by a second master's of education in curriculum and instruction. And after three years of teaching in both rural and urban elementary schools, she decided to leave the profession after having her oldest son. When her son turned two she, and began to show interest in learning, Leah found that she, was, she naturally was providing exciting learning opportunities for him and had many mothers begin asking her to share experiences with them. And now here she is. And you may also know her through Your Natural Learner as well, which is a fantastic site and, um, and chattel to get connected with what she offers. So, Leah, welcome. Thank I don't you. Know, yeah, thank you. I don't know if <laughs> I had forgotten or I didn't realize it's been a bit of time since we've actually had a conversation like this <laughs> that you were homeschooled. And I'm thinking, how did that pass? Like, what happened there? Did I miss that? Or what what happened? Um, So you homeschooled because your dad was in the military and as well, they weren't happy with the options when you were, were you traveling quite a bit? Yeah. So it's funny, you know, I was homeschooled, but um, my parents were, you know, again, this was so, so long ago. Homeschooling wasn't something that a whole lot of people really did then. Um, But the the reasons were at the time we were living on a military base in Panama when I was in third grade and the schools were extremely small because there weren't a lot of families there and um, there just weren't resources for um, moving beyond the curriculum in the classroom. So I was um, I had already learned 
all of the things that they were doing in the classroom. And the teachers actually went to my parents and said, she's very bored. Um, <laughs> she's already completed all of the workbooks. We don't have the resources here. You should consider homeschooling. And um, that's kind of where it started for, for my family. Um, but the way that I was homeschooled was very rigid. So yes, I was at home. But we followed the strict school schedule. We had the color-coded schedule. My mom is an extremely organized person. So we had, you know, every class, we had the math time, reading time, spelling time, history time, um, all day, every day. So um, still, yes, still homeschool, still a foundation of the way that, you know, the, the work that I do today. But very different from the unschooling mindset that I, uh, you know, that I teach and follow with my own children. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is very different. So then, okay. So then here's the other part of, part of your introduction that I want to ask you about, which I did know, but you are very educated in education and it's almost the, um, you know, it's interesting how now the life you live, which is an absolute rich learning life, seems almost opposite to all of the years that you've put into being educated in education. Yeah. And, you know, I would say that's 50% true because, and anyone who has um, gone through any kind of education system um, at, at a higher ed level, right? So trained to be a teacher or anything, they actually have even more, you know, if you are in this audience and you're a parent who was a teacher, your de-schooling journey is going to be even deeper than the average, you know, homeschool parent um, might have to go through because it's funny because what the classes that you take when you're on this journey to get, you know, your teacher's degree, but then even deeper in the two master's programs that I went through, you know, 50% of the classes that you take are about child development. And, you know, for me, I really leaned into the choices that were about like, you know, brain development and child psychology. And then the other 50% are like, you know, the methods classes. How do you teach math? How do you teach reading? And if you really dig into that, those are two very different things. They don't even teach the same thing. You know, all of the methods that are grounded not in child development, not in what we know to be true about how the brain works, how learning happens, they're grounded in the curriculum that sells the most, right? The, the lobbyists for, um, you know, um, I won't name names, but some of the bigger <laughs> curriculum programs that are out there that most public schools will use. That is what we, what's the foundation of those methods classes. But when you learn about a child's brain and a child's body and the psychology of how our brains learn things, it is in complete opposition to the way that we are teaching, especially in the Western world. So I would say that you know, the education that I got about education um, is actually what fueled me to the work that I do today, because it is so um, it's it's so against itself, really, because what we know to be true about how children learn and how we process information, it's just it's just not what we're actually practicing. Mm, yeah, no, it's not. And it feels odd, especially yeah. if you're an education major and you're taking classes in child psychology and development and understand even going into neuroscience and understanding mm -hmm. how the brain mm -hmm. works and the development of it. But yet the structure and system that we put our kids in 
for a huge chunk of their childhood, almost all of their childhood goes Mm -hmm. completely opposite to all of those things. Um, Why? (laughs) You know, why? Yeah, exactly. And even, you know, that. Yeah. And one of, one of the the things I like to use as an example, the most is not even just how we process information in our brains as a child, but physically, you know, if you look at the x-ray of a child's hand, the bones in our children's hands are not even fused together until like fully until about age 12. And yet we expect a preschooler to correctly hold a pencil when they like physically cannot do that. (laughs) It's not even just against what we know to be true about their brain, but their own physical bodies, what we can visually see on an x-ray we know is not, you know, appropriate for what the expectations that we are setting for them. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's a lot of cognitive dissonance. And I I think, you know, you say why, oh my goodness, we could talk for hours and hours about, um, you know, the reasons that we expect certain things from our children and how long we have them in a school day and how that's related to, you know, um, the hours that we expect the adults to work and capitalism as a whole, but that's a, uh, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very good training. <laughs> right. You know, exactly. It's a perfect training ground for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. but I also, I think it's sometimes it's good to understand that, that context and history because we don't always break it down. And when so many of our fears, I mean, you've just so well talked about the importance of trusting our children and then therefore trusting ourselves and honoring our own de-schooling process and how you talked about, you know, you'd mentioned that it's it's not easier for an educator to be a homeschool parent or an unschooling parent is actually the process might be harder because there's so much more de-schooling to do and then protecting our boundaries as well. And once we are working through all of that and sifting through all of that, knowing what's, you know, important to protect for us and what we need and reclaiming again, and then, you know, then creating our, the environment that's important to us. Um, I don't think we always sit time, sit down to dissect or even go to our own reflections of, well, why is this true? You know, why am I holding so strong to the belief that if, for example, my child's not, if they're seven and they're not reading, then they're failing or they're going to be a failure, or there won't be opportunities for them. Mm -hmm. Or if, you know, the other, you know, I think, well, you're talking about the x-ray of the hands. We know this. I think children actually have, because their bones haven't all fused together at a certain time, they don't, they have more bones in their body up to a certain age than we do. Um, yeah, there's not your, yeah, like I'm, I'm actually nursing my toddler right now. And it's so funny. He has 94 more bones in his body than I do right right now. Yeah. 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 So when we think about already the differences, and I think of even like math, we were talking, there was a discussion in math in the last room as well. And I always loved to use my fingers. And when I was in school, I remember always being corrected. Don't use your fingers to count. You can't use, just do it all in your head. But now I know from neuroscience and research that actually using your fingers when you're counting is there's a deep connection to your brain. And it's actually important. (laughs) There's actually a full neurological connection to using your fingers and the movement in your fingers when you're counting to certain certain parts of your brain. So, you know, it's it's interesting how we get stuck on certain beliefs around learning, but then it is, I think, important to also peel back the why as well. 
So, you know, when, when we're in school and, you know, there you mentioned it's a training ground for many things. Um, I think there's also some dependency that happens as well too, right? That's part Uh of the training is the dependency. And a lot of that for our trust, our mistrust in ourselves or mistrust in our kids comes from that. What are some ways where when we're looking at trusting ourselves or getting to that core, are there some good reflection questions that you would recommend that we can maybe ask ourselves if we're getting into a really uncomfortable spot when it comes to trusting our kids or trusting ourselves in this learning journey? Yeah, I think one that really helps a lot of people and always helps me even when I, because, you know, I I stated in the last little keynote that I'm still on this journey of de-schooling too. Um, I am as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I think a big part of it is that we get so, uh, so like overwhelmed in the short term. Like what, my small child is doing right now. And we don't think about that lifelong journey or how many things we feel like matter right now in this moment when they are little. And we don't think about how insignificant it will be in the long term. So I think it's just sometimes about taking a deep breath and stepping back and saying, okay, does this really matter? And one way to do that is to look around you at other people, like the people on stage in this room right now. Like, do you need to know how old each of us were when we learned how to read or how, you know, what our grade was in algebra in ninth grade? I could even tell you what any of my grades were. Right. And does it matter? Does it change your opinion about the things that I'm saying, if you knew how old I was when I learned how to read, would it matter if I was four? (laughs) Would it matter if I was seven? Would it matter if I was 11? Would that change now that I'm pushing 40? Does it matter now? And that I think really helps to put things into perspective because we have all of these huge expectations on our children at specific ages and specific timelines. And as adults, it doesn't matter. You know, my husband and I still ask each other, we both between us, there's, you know, uh, we like to say it's our box of degrees. We both have master's degrees. I have two of them. Um, We have all kinds of qualifications. And yet I mispronounced a word the other day and a very simple word. I mispronounced it and he corrected me and he will often ask me how to spell a word. And we aren't aghast at each other that, you know, you should know how to spell that, or you should know that word. And yet, those expectations fall on our children all the time. And I think for a lot of us, it feels like it's a direct reflection, um, especially if we're homeschooling, right? It's a direct reflection on the job that we are doing. Um, It's almost like an extension of our own school. You know, so much of, um, so many of us have like educational trauma is the thing I've really been teaching a lot about, like all of these fears and, and hurts and traumas that we have around our own education as children. And now, we're simultaneously de-schooling all of those beliefs while we are on this journey of resisting and protecting our children who are still in the same society, right? Nothing's gotten better um, in regards to the education system or, you know, the expectations of children. I'd argue it's worse than it, it was maybe 30 years ago. And yet, you know, now we're, we're doing this double duty work of de-schooling ourselves, but also 
de-schooling and protecting the boundaries for our children. And it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, and, you know, I just want to commend everyone that's taking time today to listen in on the summit that are listening to this podcast in the future, because the work that you are doing, it is deep it is hard, it is meaningful, and you are literally changing the world. But I, I think, yeah, I think sometimes we just get so stuck in the right now fear that just stepping back and saying, you know, uh, recently I had a discussion with a mom. She asked me, um, in, in my membership, we're talking about literacy this month, and she asked me, um, do I need to worry about my child's handwriting? Like, do I actually need to buy a handwriting workbook or correct the formation of their letters? And I said, you know what, why don't you go somewhere like to a coffee shop or a library or somewhere where other people are writing and watch them write, watch other adults write, because we all do it differently. And just, you know, the next time you're sitting next to somebody that's writing, just pay attention. The way that we form our letters is different. And yet I can still read other people's writing. My father was in the military. He writes in all capital letters. My mm -hmm. husband has sort of like a chicken scratch. My mom writes in perfect cursive. She could, she could pen the Declaration of Independence. It's all different. And I can read all of it. And that's what matters. So, you know, just stepping back again and saying, okay, does it really matter how my eight-year-old writes the letter X? No. When he's an adult, if he's writing it and he can, he can share the information, that's what counts. That's what matters. So yeah, just zooming out a bit on life can be very helpful. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it's really helpful. It's really helpful, I think, for many of the parents in this room that will be listening to this as well to remember that because we get real, so stuck in those fears, right? We get really, really stuck in those fears. I think about uh, when we used, we used to live in South Korea and I remember I'd written something out or some instructions or something that I'd given to a friend and I handed it to him and he's Korean and he looked at me and he was like, what is this? And I'm like, it's what you wanted me to write out for you. And his comment was, but I can't read this. And I mean, his he had he was fully bilingual, right? Um, but then he, I, I'm like, but it's I wrote it out for you, but I realized I had handwritten it. And he had said, you know, and then we talked about it. And he was like, I can read printed English, but I can't read handwritten English. And oh, I thought, wow. you know, and I realized I was like, I think, and he's like, I don't really know any other Koreans that are fairly fluent in handwritten English. It was like, for him, it was a whole other language, essentially, right? And he was like, I'm going to have to take time to study this to learn what it says. And, you know, it was one of those times I thought, okay, right. You know, all this time I've spent, if I stayed here, you know, how useful would my handwriting actually be? <laughs> if I keep living in this country, I might actually, this, if I stay here, I might not ever use it again because it's a way of communication. But if I can't use it as a way of communication, then what's the point? As well, and we right? adapt, right? We, we adapt. adapt, and you type it out and print it for exactly. him next time. Exactly, yep. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And we adapt, and the world's adapting. And the keyboard, and I think my husband is, you know, he's been a writer, he's um, a ghost writer, and most of his writing is on the keyboard. Uh, it's not written, it's not printed, it's typed out. How different that is from when we were younger, as well, too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just taught a workshop on this in my membership about writing and how, you know, as when we think about it in like that, you know, the very micro sense, it's pencil to paper. That's what writing is. And if you ask most people, that's what they would say, especially homeschooling parents who are in the moment of that. Well, it's putting, putting words on a paper, but writing is sharing a message. 
writing is expression. And there's so many ways to do that that aren't pencil to paper. My oldest son, he's almost 11, he has dysgraphia. So the physical act of pencil to paper is very challenging for him. And if I had pushed that, that that was the only way to write, that that was the only thing that writing was, he would have been so disheartened, so discouraged and come up against so much resistance because of that. But instead, we allowed him to express himself in other ways. And he is a phenomenal typer. Um, just like you said about your husband, he can type at the speed of light, even just on the, like a little tiny keyboard with his thumbs um, or on a keypad. And he is you know, fantastic at speaking and using his other ways, other skills to express himself because that's what writing is. Writing is not mechanics. Writing is expression. And again, it's zooming out of that very micro thing, handwriting itself, out, zooming out to the macro of like, what is the purpose of this, right? What is the reason that we are writing and challenging, just like you said, the adaptation, challenging the way that we've always done things. You know, now, you know, when we were kids, it was, well, you have to write these long five paragraph essays, right? You have to write 20 page papers. And we still expect kids to do that in the classroom. And yet, everyone goes to Twitter to get their news. <laughs> no, right? We're looking mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. 140 words or less. We want that quick, quick information. We want it on video. We don't even want to read it anymore. Now we want to see reels. The algorithm is showing us that's what we want. We want to consume content by somebody speaking it to us. We're not even typing it out anymore. So, you know, we're, it's unschooling really is about that, like constant adaptation and looking to the future. Um, yeah, it's just, we, we have to zoom out. We have to look at things in the macro more often. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so I, I'm also watching our time here as well, but I know there's one question that I would like to talk about a little bit more. And I, I know for you and I, we could, you know, talk about this and throw this back and forth for a long time. But if your parent who is, okay, you're like, oh, I get this. I totally resonate with this. I hear you. And then at the same time, but you're like, but, but then you say, well, but my partner doesn't, they're not there yet. Or my parents who are very involved, they don't understand this. They think it should be the traditional way that they should be doing cursive at age eight right now, or they should be doing this. Um, but you know that, like you said, maybe just even in the physical dexterity, they're not ready yet, even, you know, or their, their way of communication is different. And and they have different strengths in that as well. How do we, and I know that you, how do we stand up for ourselves and our kids? And this is something we briefly talked about. And I think it is really important because so many parents are wondering, like, then how do I express this to others? How do I mm -hmm. communicate? How do I advocate for my kids and our learning life? And that's so important because, you know, to come to this summit and speak on the topic of resilience, I think that is such a big part of it is understanding that, okay, I've recognized it's, it's kind of like, um, it's like coming in the, out of the matrix, right? Like I, I say to the others, that, the red like, pill. Absolutely. yeah, it's like, and it's once you step into the world of homeschooling, I feel like it's like a, it's like the gateway, right? Like 
all of a sudden you see mm-hmm. so many other things that we are doing that make no sense, you know, in the scheme of yep. a good life, you know, like all of a sudden going to work nine hours a day and giving all of your time to someone, bringing work home, only going on vacation once a year, like everything suddenly makes no sense anymore. Once you start resisting one thing in this, you know, big wide world in this matrix, all of a sudden you see all these other things that make no sense. And the more you resist, the more resilience you have to have and the more boundaries you will have to set because the more you do things that are in opposition to what everyone else is doing without thinking or questioning, the more you're going to come up against that opposition of, wow, your choices are making me really uncomfortable. I want to speak out against that. Like you are doing things that I didn't do. I don't feel comfortable with that. Um, now I need you to make me feel good about the choice that I'm making here. Um, I think that's really the biggest thing, and I'm just going to repeat what I said in, in the keynote earlier, because I think it's so important for people to hear, is that it's not your responsibility to make other people happy with the choices you've made for your family. And obviously, that has a line, right? That's true for anyone that isn't within your four walls, within the decision-making realm with your children, right? That's your parents, your neighbors, your in-laws, your sisters and brothers and aunts and uncles and cousins and friends and strangers and the mailman. Like that's true outside the line that you've drawn around your house. You don't owe them anything. You don't even have to give them an explanation. It's not your responsibility to make them feel good about your choices. That changes a little bit because you did mention, you know, my partner doesn't support that or my partner sees this differently. That is a bit of a gray area because obviously, you know, you're making choices together. And I think what that comes down to then when you run into the situation where you have these differing viewpoints, that is really where empathy comes into play and recognizing that just like you are on this de-schooling journey, so is that person. They are also on a de-schooling journey. They just might be at a step a little further back than you. And so a lot of that is, you know, if you're in that situation where you're running into, you know, you're headbutting with your co-parent or your partner on schooling decisions or, um, you know, the way that you're teaching something, that there has to be open conversation and empathy there of, and a lot of times what I suggest those parents do is have conversations about the why. What was it like when you were a child? What was school like for you? What was learning like for you? How do you feel about, you know, teachers that you had or the way that you were assessed on your learning? Because it's only when we bring those things to the surface that we can find the trauma in them, that we can, um, you know, come to agreements about, you know, whether things make sense or not, or how we want to perpetuate that for our children, um, or make a change or resist something. Um, So coming at that from a state of empathy and understanding and opening up that conversation beyond, you know, way back, right beyond what we're doing with our kids right now, go back to the source of those feelings, which is, you know, that, that de-schooling journey that we're all on. And it's a, it's a deep journey. That de-school, and, and that's the thing as well. It's like, Leah, you had talked about you're still on that journey. I'm still on that journey. We left the school environment nine and a half years ago, and my kids are teenagers now, and I'm still working through that process. I actually, 
you know, I find as teens, I started a whole new deschooling journey <laughs> for myself. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it brings up all those other things that happens in the teen years. And especially mm-hmm. when it's like, oh, you know, but you'll, once they're in high school, then, then you're going to stop the mm-hmm. silliness, right? Like, mm-hmm. then you're going to get serious about your kids, <laughs> you know, right. like, then they're going to get serious about life and they're going to, you know, then, then it's all going to change. And it hasn't. And then there comes that question, like, then, but what if, like, Mm. will this turn out good or will this turn Mm. out bad? Is this Uh just a crazy experiment? And is it, you know, all of those, everyone else is, you know, everyone else is doing something different. And it, we seem like we're getting farther off the path, Mm. not closer Uh to it. All of those, those things that come up, right. But it's also going back then reflecting your past experiences, my past experiences as a teenager and learning and growing up and what we believe, what was, what we, I was successful at and what I struggled with and where I felt maybe I could have, you know, had a bit more help or support or communication and and then how that plays in my current life today and our learning life with my kids as well and how that shows up today. But it's not always a it's not an easy process because it also can get very deep and emotional as well. It's very, you get very vulnerable, right? Oh, totally. And, you know, you mentioned um, feeling like this is an experiment, you know, this is, I've talked, the theme of this has kind of been like, you know, zooming out, zooming out and this, even that zooming out beyond our lifetime, right? Because homeschooling isn't the experiment. Public school is the experiment for, for, for all of eternity, all of humanity. Children learned from parents. They learned at home. They learned trades. They learned from mentors. They learned because they were interested. They sought information. Public school, as we know it today, is really only about, you know, less than a hundred years old, you know, in its current format. That is the experiment in in terms of all of time, all of humanity. Homeschooling is not, you know, we're just kind of, we're going back to what we feel at, at our core is is true and right. Um, and then you also mentioned that, you know, you kind of had this expectation or others had this expectation that once they turned into teenagers, then there would be like the seriousness and things would change. And the reason that it didn't is because they grew up trusted, they got to stay who they were. They didn't have to um, conform or change or fit into these societal bubbles. They were able to exist in a space, in a family culture where they were fully respected and trusted and supported as individuals. So they didn't have to change. And that's beautiful. (laughs) That's amazing that they get to just continue to exist as young adults and then into adulthood, being fully who they were always meant to be. I mean, I can't even imagine what that's like, <laughs> you know, the 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 thing that we are doing for our children as future adults, for future the future of humanity to, you know, can you imagine like what would your life be now if you were fully trusted? Your whole life, you know, mm. well, you've got to be that be like, person. Yeah, like it's really we're... amazing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, it's that is, I think, one of the beautiful things that we overlook sometimes is that dependency that gets trained in is not there. 
they because then they are self they're they're independent so they're not looking to others to tell them what to do or to put them into a, a box or into a certain position or to a certain status or to conform in order to be accepted or validated that they've been able to grow up in a space just being who they are and that's good and that's beautiful and absolutely uh, yeah that's 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 the beauty of home educating and and schooling absolutely so yeah. i I know um, my my time my time person here my art <laughs> is like up. okay yeah okay Robin all right here <laughs> so we it's time to do a room reset we are at my time four thirty eight I know I'm seeing people from all over the place this is fantastic I know people have been turning tuning in from China I see Nigeria um, oh that's amazing Canada the U S I'm trying to think of what other countries I briefly saw throughout the day as well Mexico I know Kara's been here from Mexico. Where? Malaysia. Malaysia. That's right. It's been like, I have to go through the rest and it's been such an international day as well. I love this. And I love that this message is spreading. So um, are you doing the room reset right now, Kelly? And then we're going to do give our last giveaways as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we are here with the lovely Leah McDermott and Robin Robertson. My name is Kelly Edwards, and we also have Tyra Hunter up here. And we are just having an amazing conversation about what learning really is. And that a lot of times we just need to get out of our own way. So to do the giveaways, we are going to, first up, we're going to give away one of Leah's um, uh, it's $49 value digital products called the Healthy Homeschool Routines Workshop. Thank you, Leah. And that's going to be the first up. So I'll um, be my own Pat and Vanna here. And oh, yeah. um, Sorry, I'm Pat. You're Vanna. No, you're- we'll, we'll switch roles again after this, this one. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, Maple Rose is our generous sponsor. Um, we will get her link up here in just a minute. But um, the winner... Um, of this with natural learner is it's thinking and it's Kiki Kiki at educating the wild things oh that's so amazing I'm so excited for Kiki so um that is that is for her natural learner she's from the UK so she is and she's currently in Mexico (laughs) I love it awesome all right and next up you got next up Yep, I've got the next up. It is a book from Carla Marie Williams, who unschooling mom of six. And she has the book Homeschool Gone Wild. And she's offering a copy of that book. So the winner of that, that is Homeschoolers Gone Wild. Woohoo. <laughs> All right. So the winner, um, the winner of this is just a minute. Um going in there now. And the winner is Christopher Chan, Christopher Chan, um, congratulations, and this is yours, Homeschoolers Gone Wild. Congratulations, Christopher. I, I love this because it's always nice to receive things. It's always wonderful to give things, and all of these resources support families on their home learning journeys in totally beautiful, unique ways as well. So we have another, we have our last one, right? Yes, we have one more. And it is from our wonderful sponsor for this room, Maple Rose, Jen, who who was uh, did a beautiful share in the last room as well. So Jen, thank you so much for sponsoring this room with Leah McDermott, 
So Maple Rose is a Waldorf-inspired all-natural arts and crafts store. And Maple Rose is giving away a $50 gift certificate to their shop. I know I have some of their crafts. I love their um, candles that you can make and the um, felting as well. And they're fantastic. So that is our next giveaway. Kelly, who's the winner? All right. Here we go. This is our last giveaway of the summit. Everybody, let's do an extra long drum roll. Can you give me a drum roll, Robin? Lacey M. Johnson, congratulations. Awesome. Fantastic, Lacey. Congratulations. So good. All right. So now that we have completed the giveaways, thank you so much. And now really we can open up for Q&A too. I know Leigh and I have been chatting and, and talking and, and diving in, and I'm sure there are questions. I know there's been a lot happening in in the chat too. So we can take from some from the chat. I don't know, Tyra, if you've had any DMs in the back chat, but we can also welcome anyone up on stage. We have about, um, we have a few minutes, I think, Kelly. Where are we for timing on our schedule here? Yes, we have um, just a few more minutes for raising your hand and coming up on this stage. And we have 15 more minutes to answer questions. Okay, okay. All right. So um, I think we also, I'll look through the chat too. And we have Robin and the other Robin. Fantastic. I see who's raising her hand. I've been having a few bit of trouble. And, oh, there we go. Thank you. Thanks, Tyra. I think you did that right because I've been having trouble with hand raising today. Robin, welcome. We'll just go straight to your question. I won't look get grab the next question from the chat. Great to see you. Welcome to the stage. And we're going to hand the mic over to you. Thank you so much. This has been such a wonderful day. Thanks, everyone, for everything. Um, I won't, I won't go into details, but I just, it's been, it's been amazing. So I really appreciate, um, everyone's efforts here. Uh, so, okay. So my question is, I'm always asking a variation of the same question. I'm working through it. How can we trust our kids in the face of overwhelming media like YouTube, like video games. It I'm 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 trying, I'm getting better, I'm working through some stuff, but I keep having this sense of wouldn't it be easier or doesn't it make more sense to trust our kids if they weren't maybe being sucked, quote unquote, into those areas. Like if it was the <laughs> the nineties or something. And, and they didn't have so many options to, to kind of pull their attention into screens. That's my question. So do you mean specifically in terms of like how they're spending their time, like with screen limits, or do you mean um, in general, in terms of like media literacy? Um, I think I probably mean with screen limits or, or what they're doing, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, I probably, most people wouldn't have a ton of problems if their kids were like just on the NASA website all day long, learning about (laughs) or something, but if they're on YouTube or they're video gaming all day, um, is that something that we can still trust that they are learning what makes sense for them and doing what they, that they need to do? So what I find with that is, I think a lot of that, if we dig into it, right, that's 
you mentioned, you know, in the 90s, I mean, where the most video gaming you could do was like, you know, a, a marathon of Donkey Kong or something, right? Like there was, it was so limited in terms of how you could spend your time doing that. So it's almost like a, a generational gap where we assume that because it's not something that we would choose or that we didn't do as children, that there can't be inherent value in it. And there's really a lot of media discussion out there about how screens are a waste of time or video games are for fun and not for learning. Um, and so I think that when you're trying to trust your child, you really have to go to the source, right? I can't trust my child if I don't ever talk to them or, you know, get, sorry, I've got so much noise here. Um, if I can't really engage with them. And so for me, if I'm coming up against that of like, oh, I think, you know, they're spending a lot of time playing video games or a lot of time on YouTube, then just join in and have a discussion with them. You know, what are you watching? What are you playing? What does that show you? What do you like about that? And, you know, I, I don't know about the other panelists or other parents, but I, my kids have learned so many things from video games and from YouTube that I would have never thought to introduce to them or that I wouldn't have had any idea how to teach to them if they had come to, I probably would have gone to YouTube to find information about the topic um, if they had actually come to me first and asked me. Um, so I see their time as something that, um, you know, yes, it's enjoyable and it's okay to spend a lot of time doing things that we enjoy. First of all, you know, that's a societal belief too. Um, what, you know, um, oh, what's the word? I'm having a brain fire, but like what, uh, you know, success looks like or what, um, you know, purposeful time, uh, productivity, there's the word, what, what productivity has to look like and how much time we're supposed to spend in that productive mindset. Um, but yeah, just, you know, if you're having trouble trusting your child around something, saddle up next to them and find out, you know, have that discussion. What do you, what do you like from this? What do you um, enjoy about this? Why do you choose to watch this video or watch this YouTuber or spend your time with this game? And I, they'll probably answer all of your questions right there. Awesome. Thank you. I keep, I, I feel like I, I keep needing to hear that from other people and from experts. And so I appreciate your time. I, I think, you know, like about how much time I must have spent reading like Teen Beat magazine and making collages on my wall. Um, you know, like it's, it's just different, right? So thank you so much. Oh, that's such a great way <laughs> to put it, right? How much time did we quote unquote waste that was so important to us as kids? And, I, you know, I also want to say, too, that we remember the 90s. I'm a kid and I mean, I graduated in 95. So but, you know, TV was there. There was always this thing about how much TV we were watching and how it's going to ruin us as adults. And I think I actually watched probably a lot of TV or I had a good chunk of my life where I did a lot of TV watching. And it's interesting because I'm actually not a really big TV watcher now as an adult. I don't think it ruined my life, the amount of TV watching that I did. I, you know, I never really took any statistics on my TV watching, but, um, you know, there's always, there's always a big villain at a certain time in, in our history and our life, right? It used to be books, it used to be the written word. If we think about that almost seems strange as well, but how dangerous books are going to be for our society. And there was a huge worry and concern over that and that people shouldn't be reading books or learning, you know, learning any of that because it's going to shift society and be something bad for us. But yet now we're more worried about screens and want our kids to be reading books more often. So it's always, you know, the change is always very, very interesting. And, and then it goes back to the, you know, 
why why what's the because no I, I i know robin actually and i know your your kids well one your family works in the and software in an industry where screens are extremely important for your livelihood and also i find that you actually are fairly are pretty open like you're very trusting and free and 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 supportive with your kids and connected with your kids when it comes to that so i, I guess part of the question it goes back to you too is what is the big fear behind that? Because I find you actually, um, you, I don't want to say manage it well, but you, um, I guess you, you reflect on it a lot, which is probably the really important thing. You're doing that work, right? That de-schooling work and going back and when that, when those, when those buttons, maybe are you're getting uncomfortable, you're, you're asking those questions. So that's the great part of that process. Thank you. Sometimes, and sometimes it's a lot of overthinking, but I, I have actually come to some, um, some thoughts around what, yeah, what is the real fear? And I think I, you hit on it too, um, about digital or about literacy. I, that's, I think that's one of my huge fears and I've got, uh, sort of a plan to get them more, um, uh, like some classes that they can take on being safe and the kind of content they're watching. We're reading a great book in our book club about raising critical thinkers. Um, yeah, so getting at the root of the fear, I think, is is super important. And I have been working on that. So I keep appreciating all the people that are um, helping me get there. Hmm. It's a good long process, the long de-schooling process as well. Um, I actually, and I'm actually surprised the question hasn't come up sooner because it's always a big question as well. And, but I see it's, it started a lot of conversation in the chat right now too. Leah, I don't know if you're seeing some of the discussion in the chat as well. Um, which yeah, I'm reading through now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's in, we have been, if I, I know I've been sitting in front of the screen since probably six o'clock this morning, it's almost five o'clock in the evening at uh, on my day, my, you know, I, my son is actually away on an adventure right now. He's skiing. He's at a ski camp at the moment or he's fishing, I think today. Um, so just my daughter and I at home right now. And my daughter has been hanging out on her own because her dad's working and I've been here in front of the screen all day and she's been doing her thing. She's been on screens and off screen. She's been cleaning up the kitchen. She's been reading. She's, um, you know, so it's, I think in every situation as well is different depending on the day and the family, which I see shared in the chat as well. Are there any other questions or hand raising while we still have a little bit of time to take them? And I'm going to read through as well. I guess I need a minute to read through the chat too. Is there anything else you wanted to add, Leah? Uh, I just, I think, you know, the, there's, the chat is really great. There's lots of good discussions in there about balance and modeling. And, you know, I think, with screen time, it's just, it's, it's one of, it's like you said, it's the boogeyman right now. You know, it's, you did a great job there. Just like I've been saying, like zooming way out beyond even our timeline of like, what was the boogeyman then? You know, look at how we've changed our views about what our, our parents hated about music and how we feel about it now for our kids and just respecting that, that, you know, the world is always changing and adapting. And, you know, I, I need for my kids to be able to use technology. If they, um, I forget the exact statistics, but you know, something to the tune of like 73 or higher percent of the jobs that exist today will be done by robots in like 15 to 20 years. So if I am keeping my children from technology and preventing them from technology, 
how will they exist in a job world where robots are doing most of the work and they have to create their own jobs or have the jobs that manage the technology that are doing all of the other jobs, right? It's about thinking beyond um, the today and the right now and looking at, you know, the trajectory of the world and whether you love it or not, that's where we're headed. That's the world that our children are moving into. And I think, you know, having respect for the change, respect for the technology. And then, um, you know, I think Robin mentioned, um, you know, teaching them boundaries around it, modeling safe usage. Um, you know, in my home, that has been, my children have access and, you know, when they're younger, we use those kind of things together. We talk about what's safe online. We talk about what to do when something makes you feel unsafe. They know that anything they see online that makes them feel uncomfortable, they can come and share that without fear of me being angry that they found it or that they stumbled upon it, right? That we've created that safe and open space for them to have communications about what they might see online. Um, but also, you know, modeling what usage looks like, why we are, you know, right now they know, like you said, I'm on my phone right now and I'm using it to communicate with others. I'm using it to teach. I'm using it to do my work. Um, and that is, a, that's one healthy way that I use technology. But then they also see me doing things like going on hikes and taking daily walks and reading books and cooking and enjoying that time, you know, uh, in my kitchen by myself or with someone else. So it's, I think it's about respecting the technology and really finding ways to integrate it in healthy ways that we want to model to our kids. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I see as well, I, I I just quickly opened the back chat. I see there's a lot of questions. that I, I'm sorry, everyone. I don't really get a chance to go to the back chat. Tyra, you had messaged me and said that you had some questions as well. Uh, I, I did, but she answered them. And I just felt that when she said that it is nobody's... Um, it's, it's nobody else's business, which how you, you know, you raise your children. That was like, that needs to be on a t-shirt because <laughs> that's just the truth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also I wanted to tell you, you spoke to my spirit when you said how we are de-schooling our children, but we're also still de-schooling ourselves and then practicing something that we never thought we would do. Cause you know, I, I, I'm an unschooler. My daughter graduated being, being an unschooler and a game schooler. Never heard of neither. <laughs> and so while I'm doing that to bring her joy, I'm over in the corner climbing the walls because I never experienced this. So I had to de-school myself. And I think what you said, I think that's why the de-schooling process was such a long time for me. So you spoke to my soul when you said that. And I'm just so grateful that I am on the stage to listen to you speak. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Tyra has a grown unschooler. Her daughter Zoe is, oh, I, I love chatting with Zoe. She's a commissioned artist and completely growing in her passions and her career. And that's, that's come from her unschooling days. So yeah, if you get it, if you want to hear some great stories from, 
from people that have grown up in non-traditional settings that have grown up unschooling, connect with Tyra and her daughter, Liana, who is one of our co-hosts today as well. She's a grown unschooler. There are so many examples within this room today as well. So I definitely recommend reaching out. I know we're getting to our time. I see Kelly's reminding me that we're coming up to the end. Um, Kelly, I'm going to hand it over to you as well. I, I, I Again, I think this these are conversations and questions that we might have missed. We can continue in this week going forward in the clubhouse rooms. I think it's the spark of something great and some fantastic conversations as well. One thing I did want to bring up too, especially because I know this comes up a lot with screen time and, and Leia, really quickly your feedback on this. Um, and you had mentioned this already, that sometimes our fears and concerns get so wrapped up in some things that what we forget is the connection piece. And the big part of this learning journey is the connection piece. And I know we talked about it a bit on, on reclaiming the teen years and building that cycle of independence, but that relationship and that connection is uh, sometimes it's it's actually our fears can be appeased or they can be um, met or answered if we stop and take the time to see it as maybe a chance to connect with our children for feeling disconnected, a chance to get with them on their level, something that they're interested in, um, that might be something that they have huge interest in, or it's something that it's a learning tool for them. Uh, it's an entryway into um, maybe it's a video game where it's history and it, it enters like World War One or World War Two or ancient Greek history that's involved with a video game or it's in, into another world or something that really has sparked their interest that actually might be an invitation for us to connect deeper with our child or even just to start that connection that might be a little bit lost at the moment. So it's just another way to look at things as an opportunity, an opportunity for learning and connection. Leah? Connection is everything. I mean, that's that's how we, without connection, what what are we? We, we aren't meant to be just these insular, you know, bubbles bounding around, running into each other every now and then. Connection is you can't, you know, we say on this unschooling journey that you have to figure out what your kids are interested in so you can support them. But if you aren't connected, you'll never see it. And that, you know, it is the most important piece. And every time that there is fear or overwhelm or you're worried about something, it is almost always because there's a lack of connection there, whether that was, you know, just because you've been really busy or there's been a life change, you know, a new baby or something, or even just, you know, everybody just kind of got busy doing their thing every day and you sort of lost it a little bit. And I think in those moments when we recognize that connection is how we can, you know, get back into that, we have to make sure that we're doing it without any of, um, you know, these preconceived notions or these like uh, agendas that, okay, I will connect with you over your video games because I need to see value in the video games, right? Thank I need to see that. Yeah, yes. I need to see that you are learning something or I want to see that it's not just, a, you know, a time waster so that there's this agenda that you go into the connection with. Um, we would never expect you know, a, a relationship of adult, you know, of two adults to go well with that. Um, you know, if everybody goes into it with an agenda or if one person goes into that relationship with an agenda, that would never pan out uh, in, in two consenting adults. So it has to be the same with our children, um, that you can definitely bond with your kids over video games, um, or anything you can bond all the time. But if you go into it with this agenda that you are seeking, uh, validation or proof of learning, 
you're doing it wrong. <laughs> so yeah, connection is the most important thing, but uh, it has to be for connections sake. 100%. And thank you for mentioning that. I love that. Uh, I'm going to pass it over to Kelly because <laughs> I'm a little bit over time here. Kelly, and thank you, Leah. Thank Sorry. you so much. No, it's uh, this discussion was so fantastic. And I know everyone enjoyed it and benefited. I know I did. I always come into this as a learner and I'm so appreciative of everyone that's here today sharing your stories and 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 the value that everyone has brought. So thank you. Kelly, I'm handing it over to you. I'll stop talking. Oh, you're good. I am just the 90 minute school day. Time management is my thing, guys. Um, so I'm embracing my own strengths. But I just have to say, Leah, you have brought the house down yet again. And it's been super fun for me because I've been following you forever on your on your Instagram channel. And then I've heard you on different uh, other platforms. But what what just has been so exciting for me is like your Instagram channel um, stream is so much more under like my head is exploding because you're a walking, talking, like one liner program. And I've just loved it so much. Like as your content for the next two years is just in these last two sessions. And it's just amazing. I just can't thank you enough for coming, spending time with us, sharing your wisdom, encouraging these awesome homeschoolers who are live with us and all of the many who have signed up for the recordings and um, will continue to purchase. And that's one thing I just wanted to close with is for everyone who's um, really been blessed by all of the um, generosity of our speakers and our sponsors and our fellow attendees and the wisdom in the chats. Uh, share this. Share this with anyone you th you know who is um, thinking about homeschooling, who is currently struggling in their homeschooling, who might just need a different perspective. We want to build community here. Clubhouse is a fantastic platform because we can do it in our normal days. We don't have to be camera ready. We can have genuine and deep conversations. We can listen and then we can chat with one another and connect. And you never know. There's been so many connections today with different people in different states that live close enough that they can now get together. And in this uh, continuing digital age, just as we wrapped up with screens, we still need connection between human beings. And that was the final note. That's been the theme throughout today is like, we start with connection. We start with relationship. That's where the trust is. That's where the independence is. And I just cannot thank you enough. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Tyra. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, everyone in the audience. Thank you, Kelly, as well. Yeah. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> But this has just been truly awesome. And so um, we've reached our time. I want everyone to enjoy the rest of their evening and their weekend. And let's stay in touch. That's kind of all I had. Um, anything, anything I'm missing, Robin? Um, no, I, we actually are going to connect again. Uh, I, I, it's, I, my mind's blanked. Sorry, Kelly, for the screening party of the documentary class dismissed. So we are going to have that if you have the, the paid, the green full access ticket, uh, we will be gathering for that screening party. Do you have that date? Yes. Okay. Sorry. I, that, um, yes. Sorry. It's been a long day and you guys are being so gracious with us. <laughs> but um, yes, this coming Thursday, March 24th, for everyone who has purchased a ticket. Remember, if you've purchased the ticket, you're going to get your recordings on Monday. And then you can join us next Thursday, March 24th. And we're going to be live on Zoom, chatting it up and watching class dismissed. 
And for those of you who haven't seen it, I haven't seen it. I know Robin has. I'm super excited. I want to watch it for the first time with all of you all. It is a documentary about life outside of the classroom. And so I think it'll be super powerful and a way to connect and continue our friendships that we've made today um, in this fun environment. So Again, um, go ahead to howtobeanawesomehomeschooler.com, purchase a ticket so you can have recordings, and um, join us for Class Dismissed. And then as always, follow the club and come back to Clubhouse because we have rooms each week and um, we have special guests often. So that is it. Thank you, everyone, for being awesome. I hope you leave today feeling more awesome. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for all of our speakers and sponsors. Yeah, I'm... I'm going to go and chill out <laughs> for a long while. I hope everyone else does too and processes all information and and uh, gets what you need for the for the evening. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Leah. Thank you. Thanks, Tyra, and all of the co-hosts that supported and, and helped out today. Whew. All right. Everyone, Take we will see you all soon. Take care. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, leave a review or comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas, and reflections on the episode. You can go to the website, imhomeschooling.com, or email me directly, robin at imhomeschooling.com. 